so this morning we're going to have you got a special treat today. I've watched God take this young man and just take him like clay and mold him into a mighty man of God, uh, a loving father. He is a very faithful husband, and I'm pleased to see what God's doing in his life. Uh, he calls me up sometimes and shares some things that God is speaking to him. And um, he may not realize it, but as he speaks, I, I, I know that's God. God has been dealing with him and talking to him, and he shares those things with me. So um, when I decided I was going to be out of town this week, and I started praying about who to fill the pulpit for me when I got back, his name came to mind. So I'm going to have him come this morning and share what God's put on his heart. Let's give it up for Brother Noel. Yeah. All right. So um, the first thing I want to say, everybody's been asking me if I'm nervous. Well, I'm not nervous, but Sheena is because she has no idea what I'm going to say. So Sheena is really nervous. Um. Children's Church, excused. So, right off the bat, I want to tell y'all that I don't know where we're going today. I got four pages of notes, and I think they're about one minute each, so we might be out of here in four minutes. Um, okay, so the other thing I want you to know is I'm going to use a lot of names today. Now, people always say, don't use names. So, I want you all to know, I'm going to put myself on the altar at the end. I'm the sacrifice, okay? So, if I, if I say your name, please listen till the end, and then you can be mad at me if you're mad at me at the end, okay? Um, let's see... Okay, first name, Jay Nicholas. So, I, uh, I don't know if y'all noticed out front, but uh, I moved the benches this morning and I stacked up some rocks. Okay? The rocks are significant. You may or may not remember the rocks, but the rocks are significant. Who saw the rocks as they walked in this morning? Okay, so not everybody. But some people saw the rocks. So when you go out, look to your right, and you'll see this pile of rocks. And hopefully it'll be significant. Okay, so the thing about Jay Nicholas and the rocks is Jay Nicholas is a truck driver. So Jay is going to bear witness with this first story. So I took the rocks home, and they've been sitting on the ground, and they kind of had mud on them and stuff. So I went to power wash them. Well, Timmy had fixed the hose this week. And so when I cut the power washer on, it blasted one time, and then where the hose got fixed, it blew apart. So it was unfixed again immediately. So, what, But the water still came out real fast out of the hose. So uh, I sprayed out of the hose uh, and cleaned the rocks off, and I got these buckets, these black buckets, that we water trees with in the summertime before we dig them. So I filled the the I, Wash the rocks, because I want to honor them. You all hear all that as we speak. And uh, so then I put them in this black bucket. And I put them on the back of the truck. Well, we got a flatbed. And uh, so the flatbed's got these rails, these metal rails that you drop in there. And uh, 
the thing about the rails is you can't strap nothing down because they just pick up. So if you tied anything to, to them, they just pull right up out of there. So I threw the rails over somewhere. I, don't, I, I think I know where they are, but I don't know that I know where they are. So basically, this flatbed has a lip about this tall. So, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm thinking about what I'm going to say and getting fired up. You know, I got my rocks. I done washed them. I got them there. I'm thinking, where am I going to put them? And I'm going to put them in here. And then I'm like, well, I might make a mess in here. So I don't know. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to set them right there at the door so we can see them when we're coming in and going out. And uh, so I'm coming out of Louisa. I'm thinking about all this stuff. And here's where the truck driver part comes. I go around the first corner in Louisa. You know how you're coming from Louisa this way, and there's that one sharp corner? Well, that plastic on that flatbed, it went, so, out, so I'm looking in this mirror, and I'm not even thinking about it. All of a sudden, something moves. I'm going to go, oh, no. So around the corner. Now, you can't hit the brakes or hit the gas, because all that's going to do is increase the centrifugal force, you know? So all of a sudden, I look in the other mirror, and there, it hit that little lip, and it stopped. I thought, oh, Thank you, Jesus, that I don't have to pick all them rocks up out of the ditch. Okay, so that's my rocks. Um, let's see, where are we going from here? Okay, the first thing I want to talk about. Uh, let's see. Okay, I want you all to say things after I say them. You ready? We are a visionary church. We see the future. Okay, so I said that, I told my dad one time I saw the future, and it bugged him for a while. Um, and then when I told him what it meant, kind of what it meant, it, I don't think it bugs him as much as it did bug him. So, uh, when this church was planted, pastor decided, we're going to do a contemporary worship style. Now, that was, nobody was doing that around here, you know? So, this is, this is, Bernie said that, but the problem was, he didn't have a band, you know? Okay, so, if everyone would look to the back, Pat, hold your hand up like you have a boom box in your hand. You're looking at the original worship leader, and if he had a boom box in his hand, that that was the the beginning of pastor's vision for worship. Okay, so now we have a great worship team now, right? Okay. So we're starting. Now we're starting something new here in about a month, okay? We're going to do a concept called Super Church, okay? So we're going to we're going to not have Sunday school. A lot of people hear that they go, "Oh!" No Sunday school? How can you not have Sunday school? Everybody has Sunday school. Well, we're trying something, okay? You know? So basically what we're going to try and do is we're going to have a, we're going to have one thing. It's not like we got Sunday school, then church. We want everybody coming. 10 o'clock, one thing, okay? Now, we're going to lose the adult Sunday school program, which, you know, we, everything is not figured out. But, so what we're going to do is the, you'll check your kids in, not, not these big youth, but uh, the little children will check in at, uh, what's it called? I'm going to need participation too, Kids Zone. Yes. Okay, so you're checking kids in at Kids Zone, and then there will be 
the children will have their own church service. They'll break off, do a Sunday school class, and we'll have an hour and a half or two hours to do what we do, okay? So this is the, our next idea that we're, we're going for. So if on week one it looks more like Pat with a boom box than it does our finished worship program, give us some grace. We're working on it, okay? So we're trying to, uh, we're working into this thing. We don't even know what it looks like yet, but we're going there. Okay, so, Super Church, oh, so this is, uh, I wrote this down. Super Church is going to be like one of those Italian sauces, you know, where you put everything down, but then you cook it down, so it's less, so it's more concentrated, so it's more flavor. So we're going to get more out of less. Okay, so that's what we're doing on Super Church. So give the leaders grace. It could look like Pat with a boombox. Okay. <laughs> We are a visionary church. We see the future. We are a visionary church. We see the future. Okay. Now, our building. We have developed the shell for the physical building. And I believe that this super church concept is us developing the programs that are going to fill the building and be successful. Okay. So this is just, we haven't hit no hiccups yet. You know what I'm saying? That we are getting ready to go in there. Because if we go in there and we're not ready to be in there, we could fail. You know? So we need to get ready before we get in there. Let's see. Okay. Now, I'm going to, as I talk, I'm going to talk. I've been involved with uh, a lot of programs, fundraisers and such in this church. And I want to, uh, don't nobody get hung up on money. Okay? Because basically... What I'm talking about, I think is the same thing Bernie was talking about a few minutes ago. What I'm talking about is participation. We need the whole, everybody here. We're too little for to not have everybody, you know. So we need everybody to jump in. So here we go. The next thing we're going to say together, y'all ready? What God said last week matters. Now, I intended to have Joel Harris here to quote uh, what he said last week, but I'll paraphrase. He said, we are to be possessors of nothing. Does everybody remember that? He said that basically uh, after worship, and then it was part of his sermon too. Um, So, we're to be possessors of nothing. So, God's been dealing with me about that, and, and that's one of those things that it's like... He's dealing with all of us about the same things right now. And if we just talked to each other, we'd realize he's dealing with us all about the same thing. Then we could help each other out. So uh, let's see. First, first scripture. First Corinthians seven twenty nine through 31. Okay. Now, I'm going to it. Give me time. Give me grace. First Corinthians. I am in the NIV. 1 Corinthians 7, 29 through 31. Okay. 7. All right. I love this scripture. This has really been getting me. What I mean, brothers, is that time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as if they had none. <laughs> <laughs> 
Those who mourn as if they did not. Those who are happy as if they were not. Those who buy something as if it was not theirs to keep. Those who use the things of the world as if not engrossed in them. For this world in its present form is passing away. So what I'm getting out of this is that we, we can use all the things of the world. We can have it all. It just can't have us. Amen. We can't be engrossed in it. It can't uh, own us. So, so that's my scripture from last week, that, that God's speaking to me what he was speaking to Joel. So let's say it again. What God said last week matters. Okay, now, moving on. Number two, another thing we're saying together. We, the church, are a big family. We, the church, are a big family. Thank you all for your participation. <laughs> the Bible describes us as adopted sons of God. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. Okay, so we're a big family. So when I think about big families, y'all think, what do y'all think about the, I always think about the Amish people. I love the Amish people. You know, the Bible says we're to be a peculiar people, you know, <laughs> set apart, you know. They're set apart in their dress, in, you know, I mean, they do things differently, you know. Well, they also have big families, don't they? You know why? Because... They don't run rotor tillers, you know. They they got to send the kids out there, you know. So they can run a farm, you know, they can run a half million dollar farm the way one man with a million dollars worth of equipment can do it, you know. And so they're living at the same standard of living uh, as, as the guy with a million dollars worth of equipment, you know, that they go out there that their family is a system, okay? So that's the next concept I want to think about, is that we as a family are a system. So if that Amish family, if everybody gets up in the morning and does what they're supposed to do, they're going to have everything they need, you know? Now, if some of them start not doing what they're supposed to do, then they, they can't get it all done, you know? So uh, that, that's, that's where we're going. So system is the word that stands out to me. Okay, think about uh, a system is like a cycle, okay? In science class, they probably taught you about the water cycle, you know, so that the water's in the creek, it runs down the creek, goes into the river, goes out to the ocean, it evaporates, becomes a cloud, turns into a hurricane, comes over <laughs> New Orleans, and rain falls, you know? So, so that's a system. Then it runs back into the creek. That drop runs back into the creek, back out into the ocean, back up. It's a cycle, okay? So, now, I want you all to think about this concept of us as a family and a system in this next scripture. So, we're going to 1 Corinthians 9, 9 and 10. It says... For it is written in the law of Moses, do not muzzle an ox while it tr is treading out the grain. Is it about that, about oxen that God is concerned? 
surely he says this for us, doesn't he? Yes, this was written for us. Because when the plowman plows and the thresher threshes, they ought to do so in the hope of sharing in the harvest. Okay, so now we're going to look at a farming picture that we have painted for us. There, the plowman prepares the soil. Then there's a sower, you know. Then there's those Amish kids hoeing to make sure the weeds don't get it, you know. And then it's harvested, okay. So the person who harvests is holding all the corn, say, for instance, you know. All right. But what this scripture is saying is, doesn't the man who plowed deserve a share of that? Doesn't the man who sowed, don't the children who hoed? It's a system. And, and it can't all be, it's not the guy who, harvest, who, who harvested it saying, all mine. You know, that for this system to work, you've got to understand everybody gets theirs. Okay, so now verse 11. Paul says this. So everybody's nodding their heads right now. You know, wait till you get this one. It says, if we have sown spiritual seed among you, is it too much if we reap a material harvest from you? Okay, so basically, we just expanded it. Um, I want to call him Mark. What is what is two D? Two-dimensional. What is 3D? Okay. What's 4D? Plus time. Okay. So what we're doing is in 9 and 10, we're talking about a this physical scenario. Okay. So there's, there's a person putting a kernel of corn in the ground. It's growing up into a plant. There's a person harvesting. Okay. Now, what he does in verse 11 is he expands it. He takes this natural thing and he adds a spiritual element, you know. So here's this one system, but the system just got bigger. And that's what we are as Christians is that that we are not just people walking around. That there's this spiritual element that's engaging us all day long. And we can't act like it's not there. We've got to say, this person has brought me to this position because I'm successful because things I learn in the spiritual realm, in the natural realm, all over the place. So in the same way that 9 and 10 said that the thresher has to give to the sower, we... As, as if we have a, I mean, it's right here, material harvest. If we have a material harvest, we need to be willing to sow into these spiritual places. Okay? I know it sounds like I'm talking about your money right now. So uh, I'm talking about participation. So, y'all ready? We are a visionary church. We see the future. We are a visionary church. We see the future. Okay. No fright fun night. Two years ago. 
One of the most successful things that we have ever done. Unbelievable. We were completely overwhelmed by people. You know, we ministered to them. We gave them a squeaky clean environment to to celebrate this Halloween, you know, uh, whatever, you know. But but we said we're going to we're going to purge this place and you bring your children here and it's going to be safe. It's going to be fun and it's going to be free. I tell you what. There were people looking at each other like, I've been here working this thing for an hour and 25 minutes, and I'm going to kill somebody if they don't, you know. It's like you'd be like, I need help over here. And they'd like, look the other way. You know? So, so you got to know that, that, so here, here we go. So now I'm going to get, I'm going to get, I'm going to start saying names, all right? So, uh. When we do a, uh, okay, I think about college, high school, it doesn't really matter. But you know how in the beginning of the semester, they tell you you're going to have to write a 15-page term paper? And so it's like, man, that thing hangs over you the whole semester. You know? You're always talking about it. I've got to write a 15-page term paper. You know? And you're worrying about it, and you're thinking maybe Friday afternoon for an hour I can go to the library, but that doesn't ever work out, you know. <laughs> so it's like it's hanging over you, but the reality is you haven't done anything about that term paper. That term paper hasn't cost you anything yet. At the end, what do you do? You go to the library for 15 straight hours, then you type on the computer for seven straight hours, then you turn in, you get a C, and it's over with, you know. <laughs> And so, I, I think too many things in terms of, when you hear the announcements, we can say we got a lot going on, okay? All right. We got No Fright Fun Night coming up. Without Jim, our fearless leader. Okay. What else we got going on? Now, I've heard this about 15 times, but I think because I'm preaching this morning about something like it, it's stuck in my head and I got convicted on a little bit. Gail is taking coats to West Virginia. Who's donated a coat to go to West Virginia? You know, that's nothing. I've got like 20 coats in my house. I mean, that doesn't even have to be on the term paper list, you know? It's like my mother-in-laws don't want to offend me and make me feel fat, so they always give me big clothes. So I've got a bunch of big clothes that I could give. I've got a, uh, I've got a really nice jacket. I have to roll the sleeves up a little bit, you know, because I'm, I'm a little man, you know. And so we can bring a coat, you know. And if if everybody in here went, we can bring a coat, you know? We would have like 85 coats next Sunday. And that would be like, wow. And, and you know what else we could do? We could say that the Bible says 
to take care of the people in your own church first. So if there's somebody who needs one of them coats, you take it, you know, and bring your old coat, trade it in, trade up, you know, (laughs) we'd be like the Goodwill, you know. So that's a really tiny thing. Okay. I'm having fun up here. All right. So. Okay. So basically, with the term paper concept, I took a class um, that was about running a farm business. And uh, so... The thing, you did it online, and you get to these spots where it gives you homework, and it would ask you to ask somebody something. So like somebody in business or somebody who ran a farm or some question so you could understand some element of farming. So it said the guys you work with, so that's Timmy and my dad. And so I I gave them the thing, and I said, okay, this is is what I need you to do. They said, when do you want it? I said, well, I want it tomorrow. And they said, well, shouldn't we have a little time? I'm like, I know how you're going to do it. I'm going to do it just like you do. You're not going to do it till the last day, so make today the last day. You know? So a lot of things that we're doing in church, what we need to do is we need to understand that this is one day, one hour. These things aren't term papers, you know? And even with the term paper, you're not doing anything the whole five months. You're just worried about it, you know? Okay. So, let's, let's, uh, all right, y'all ready again? We're going to start stacking them. We are a visionary church. We see the future. We are a visionary church. We see the future. Okay. We, the church, are a big family. We, the church, are a big family. Okay. So, I ask, you hear people talk about corporately. We, corporately, as the body. I don't know what that means, you know? So, I asked my dad. And he said, uh, maybe like cooperation. So I, I, that sounds good. That really works for me. Okay. So we got the coats. We're, we're bringing coats right. next week. Okay. Now, I don't, I don't, the announcements, nobody's listening. You know, it's terrible. But we're not hearing because we haven't brought no coats. You know, that doesn't mean we have to dynamically change the announcements. But if we're doing something, we have to engage the body. When I want to sell chicken dinners, I go to my mom, my dad, and I said, we're having chicken dinners on Wednesday night. Would you like to get one? Then they're like, okay, okay, we'll get, we'll get a chicken dinner. How about grandma? Were you going to buy one for grandma? You know, and and so it's like, so it's this process, you know. So if there was an announcement about chicken dinners, I wouldn't sell them. But I get engaged also. My friend Gary Henshaw calls me up and says, we're having chicken dinners. It's uh, Wednesday, and we're doing it on Saturday. Uh, Have you sold any? So then I get on the phone, and I start calling, because you don't do anything until the last minute. So... Okay. Now, D, I want you to come up here. I want you to participate. You can stand a lot and if you prefer. 
Okay. Now, D is one of those people that you can't hand the microphone to. You, you have to kind of hold on to it while you give it to her, okay? So, with that in mind, I want D to engage the congregation about what we're doing for India. Okay? So, y'all ready? Now, I got more names. Okay. So, what are we, who are we uh, engaged with in India? John Lazarus. Right? So, we know John Lazarus. He comes to our church. He was here how long ago? 18 months ago? Something like that? And he's coming in October. So, John Lazarus is somebody we know in India. Okay? Get ready, D. Okay? I'm going to give you 30 seconds to engage the congregation, and I will take the microphone away if you can't stop. Okay. So, now i got a funny story about John Lazarus. More names. Okay. So, uh, and I apologize for this. But we're having fun this morning, okay? So, uh, last time John Lazarus was here, uh, Brittany and Katie had just started coming. And uh, so, uh, I saw Crystal, but I hadn't seen Brittany and Katie in a while. I said, Crystal, uh, did uh, John Lazarus kind of freak out your friends? She's like, huh? I said, um, Crystal, I looked at her. I said, did that freak you out a little bit? <laughs> so, so this is somebody we know. He's here. He's been here. And there's a need in India. You know what they need? They need prayer. And they need money. They need prayer. And they need food. And they need prayer. And they need prayer. So, this is what I'm... Uh, so, Dee's got a table, okay? Table's kind of like the announcements. We've got to engage everybody. So, this is the way I'm getting this thing. Okay, I don't know if I can do it or not. Okay, she just spends about $140 a week when she goes to the grocery store. I eat a lot, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, this is what I intend to do. I intend to buy a big bag of rice. Okay? And that's all I'm going to buy that week. And that's going to create, it's going to, it's going to be neutral. It's not going to cost me no money. Okay? Neutral. But it is going to be a sacrifice. You know? Because, but what we're doing is these people, when they eat rice, it's like Chinese buffet. That's me and Livy's thing. You know, we want to go to the Chinese buffet. You know, that, well, that is the Chinese buffet to them. You know? They got rice. Their belly doesn't hurt, you know? And so it's so easy to... The, the thing is, is one person gets a burden for something. And we can't let them be alone. We, we wouldn't be promoting it if it's not for important. So we have these kids that we want to give food, you know? And we have a relationship with these people. It's not like, you know, Compassion International. I don't know what the group, any group, you know, but you're just 
Or if we just send a check to the assemblies of God, you know, it's it's not. We know these people. They genies met these people. D, Terry, Lisa, Joel. Our church has had feet on the ground there. So consider what you're going to do. You don't have to do what I'm going to do. You know, just don't go out to lunch on Sunday. If you go out to lunch every Sunday after church, don't do that. Do something. You don't have to do a lot. Just show up, right? That's what he said. Just show up. So with the, I called it the rice deal. I don't think that's probably the formal title. Do something. Put it in your heart. I'm going to do something, okay? Not talking about money. I'm talking about participation. Okay. Now. Okay, so... No Fright Fun Night is, okay, look, here, I don't know when to put this one in here. I don't know. Okay, so No Fright Fun Night. Well, we were trying to develop No Fright Fun Night's twin sister, uh, an Easter event in Goochland, so we could engage the people in Goochland, you know? So... We started working on this thing. Our heart was not in it. There were people, man, if you walked around and you listened, everybody was doubting. It's not going to work. We can't do that. What about that? You know? So we aborted that Easter event. That We let that thing die. That there was a vision. We, a visionary church, had a vision, but we didn't take care of that. And we let it die. So we need to think about that. Now, here's a moment I thought long and hard about. And, and I, I finally gave in. So I've got to, I've got to, I, I guess I'll go to there later. Okay. Let me tell you about fundraisers I've been involved in. Okay, y'all ready? We did the original Africa Chicken Dinner Fundraiser. Now, this was an exclusive event. $25 a chair. You know what I'm saying? Gary, Gary, he's a grinder, man. He cooks them dinners. He makes his $4, sticks it in his pocket, does another one. I want to be, I'm more like a home run hitter. I've got one good swing in me, you know? I don't want to do chicken dinners 20 times. I want to do it once, get the money, be done with it, you know? So, so this, is, this, this is how I think. So this is something God's been dealing with me because I've got like some ideas for my business that have the same, this is how my mind works. I think big. I'm thinking big, you know. Africa t-shirts. Y'all remember that? T-shirts to dig a well in Africa. Do, Do you know how that thing worked out in my brain? So basically, I'm picturing it like this. Okay, I'll buy 800 t-shirts. They'll sell for this much money. And... We'll have $18,000. 
to dig a well in Africa. Same thing, just like the chicken dinner. I want to hit a home run. You know? I'm like, God, I'm teeing it up for you. Holy Ghost, knock it out of there. You know? I'm setting you up, God. Here's the next one. You know? How about the same concept for the building project? A rich relative. What if, what if we had a rich relative die and give us, we had a million dollars so we could finish this thing out? We could put big TV monitors in the bathrooms and I mean, it would be great. You know, I think like this. I'm not talking about dad, mom. Okay. So, I'm a gambler. Y'all think about that. I'm a gambler. And God's been convicting me about being a gambler. Here's our Easter event. We aborted it. Here we are, the conservative Christian fundamentalists, and we have abortion happening in the church of our ideas, of our God-birthed ideas, and we are gambling. We're tossing it up in the air. You know, hope this works out. Hope that works out. So... To prove my point, I considered and I asked several people. I said, it's like we're playing the lottery. We're scratching. We're scratching. Well, I thought better bring a lottery ticket in here and scratching it. What if it was a million dollar winner? What would, what would that mean? You know, what would God be saying? So I liked the whole thing, but because I'm standing here, lightning, fire coming down from heaven, I didn't want to get dealt with in front of y'all, so... No lottery ticket. But the Lord gave me another analogy, okay? Teeing it up, right? Okay, what's teeing it up? What sport is that? Golf. Okay, so this is what I'm doing. I'm going up there. I'm sticking it in the ground. You know, I've been watching golf on TV. I'm feeling good, you know? And it's like, wow! But instead of hitting it 320 with a nice little curve on it, Worm burner. Next one, in the trees, you know? And so, here it is. I'm teeing it up. The Holy Ghost isn't hitting it. He's saying, you hit it, Noel. But then, worm burner, in the trees, sand trap, creek, you know? I just made a 15 on a par 4, you know? And so, we have to realize... That if we tee it up, because that's that's the thing. We serve a God who lets us win the lottery with our ideas sometimes. He gets behind us. He blows it. And it, boom, it explodes into something that we never could have imagined. But sometimes we tee it up and he goes, okay, hit it. You know? But I hit it bad. You know? And so, sometimes we have a God-inspired idea. 
He says, hit it. We hit it bad. And then we just lay the club over and we walk off. We're like, wasn't meant to be. If God was in this, it would have gone 340 and it would have, you know, I mean, it would have been a great shot, you know. Okay. So, last page. Another name. Alex Grath. It's funny that she sent a letter this morning. That is hilarious. <laughs> so, this girl, do y'all remember when she came down here one Sunday and said, the Lord's put it on my heart to have, give a blanket to everyone. Did she say in Virginia? I mean, in Virginia. Now, I don't think it was. How many homeless people are in... I remember she was at like 12,000 or something. You know? And she said, the Lord's put it on my heart to give a blanket to every homeless person in Virginia. I remember saying to Sheena in the car, that's a little too big to imagine. You know... She hadn't really been going to our church long enough. <laughs> All right. What would have been the dynamic in Alex's life if we had made it happen in Jesus' name? Yeah. If, if there were 85 blankets like those coats the next Sunday, and then somebody go... I can't believe we got 85 blankets. And then tell somebody, you know, what if it really, we could have snowballed it. But Alex, she hit it. And it just, it wasn't that good. You know, it was kind of, it was like that golf shot, you know. That's when we got to, that's why we need participation. It's not Noel's going to dig a well in Africa or D is going to feed the children of India or Gail is going to take coats to Eddie, who's somebody else we know. He came to our church. He looks like Moses. <laughs> so these are our family. And our family is coming to us with needs. So we need to hear... And we need to take action because we owe that to our family. Okay, y'all ready? We're going we're gonna to really stack them this time. We are a visionary church. We are a visionary church. We see the future. We see the future. We the church are a big family. We the church are a big family. What God said last week matters. What God said last week matters. Okay, so, Revelation... 1714 said they will make war against the lamb, but the lamb will overcome them because he is Lord of lords and king of kings. And with him will be his called, chosen and faithful followers. Do you all remember Bernie saying that two weeks ago after after the song service? That's what he had in his head. He came up here and he said, Revelation. 
He said, I, I didn't know where it was, so I had to look it up. Revelation seventeen fourteen. He said that we're all called. But as we become Christians, we're chosen. So that's the next step. Called, chosen, and faithful. So, this is the thing that's going to make us a dynamic church. Is that if we become, if we can graduate to faithful, it doesn't matter if we tee it up and hit a bad shot. We're going to have the other 120 shuffling along behind us. Hit it again. Hit it again. You know? So, faithful is the word for today. Okay, so now I need my picture. I am, I have a position and a title in the church, whether you know it or not. I'm in charge of grounds because of my landscape background. Now, what I do is I uh, cut the grass and uh, weed eat. And uh, sometimes I get weeds in the parking lot, so I have to spray it out. Okay? So uh, sometimes we hook the big boom up and spray the roundup all over the parking lot. Sometimes just take the wand and spray little spots. Well, I've sprayed the parking lot four times this year. And it's exhausting. You know? There's one more. Boop! Popping up here. Popping up there. You know? I would say I'm faithful. That's not faithful. You know? That's consistent, but not faithful. You know? So the Lord dealt with me about how I do my job. You know? I've done it four times. Now, when I cut grass, I use a technique. Oh, let me, let me. Pat back there. Y'all look at Pat again. I inherited my title from Pat. So Pat was the original worship pastor and in charge of grounds. Okay. So when I cut the grass, you know people throw stuff out the windows even when they come by the church. You know? I gotta admit it, guys. I'm a mulcher. Do you know what a mulcher is? Biodegradable. <laughs> Smaller every time through. All right. Mike Williams, would you stand up for me? So, Mike has taught me a lot about faithfulness. Now, Mike is a big fella. Okay? Everybody's comfortable with that. I think even Mike's comfortable with that. Now, so Mike's on that tractor, and he gets to a mulching opportunity. Mike stops the tractor, climbs down, picks up the trash, puts it in the, somewhere in the tractor, climbs back up on the tractor, and goes back to cutting. That's faithful. This is my next scripture, Colossians 3.23, I think. 
It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for man. You know? The, uh, what are they called? The morning glories in the parking lot. Is that, is that really, am I doing that as unto the Lord? You know? This is my offering. This is my service to the Lord. You know? That, that's, that doesn't cut it. I wrote mothers are faithful. Think about the, the sacrifice mothers make for their children. You know, these kids got their good new clothes on and mama's just making whatever she's got work. You know, that mothers are faithful. That's a good example of faithfulness. All right. Is Miss Linda in here? She ain't. I'm going to cut her some slack then. <laughs> the reason I weed eat the banks here at church is because I saw Linda do it one time. And God crushed my heart that day because Linda's got a bad leg. And she's standing on that hill, weed eating, you know? It just broke my heart. And now I don't have, because I stopped doing it because it was a stumbling block for me. You know, you're throwing rocks in your eyeballs, you're doing this. State come by and knocks it down once or twice a year anyway, you know. But Miss Linda, when I saw that, I've never had a problem weed eating no more. Okay. Joshua 24:15 a famous verse So I intended to uh Okay. Uh, so Joshua was uh, Moses's associate pastor, and uh, Joshua loved the Lord, and he worshipped the Lord, and Joshua and Caleb were the only two adults that were able to go into the Promised Land. Everybody else failed the test. Now all the children went in with Joshua and Caleb. So they're about to enter the promised land and Joshua gives a speech. He says, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your forefathers, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Okay? Joshua did something interesting if we go to 24:27. He placed a stone and he said, "Let this stone be a reminder." So 24:27 says, "See, he said to all the people, this stone will be a wine press against us." It has heard all the words the Lord has said to us. 
It will be a witness. Did I? It said witness before. Let me read it again. I said wine press. Something's going to get squeezed in here. See, he said to all the people, the stone will be a witness against us. It has heard all the words the Lord has said to us. It will be a witness against us if you are untrue to your God. Okay, now I'm ready for my last picture. Now, when Bernie read that scripture and said we're chosen, we're called, the the chosen, the called, and the faithful. When he said the word faithful, that came into my mind. So nobody knows what that is right, right, right there probably. But do you remember when we did the groundbreaking for the building? Pastor said, bring a stone. You know? And this is somehow going to be important. You know, that this is somehow going to be implemented into the new building. You know? Well, with the new building, we're going a little slower than we thought. You know? And I put the rocks there by the well. I stacked them. I, I intended to honor them. But time faded to where it became I was the only one that knew they were there. And I had to, you know, like, what do you do? Do you spray Roundup on the holy stones? <laughs> You know, I don't know. How do, how do we deal with this? So today, I have, uh, what would an archaeologist do? I have, I've excavated the stones. Because we are a church with vision. We see the future. We're a big family, and what was said last week matters, you know? And so, basically, none of us would have ever allowed this to happen decisively. But God's given us all visions, and we've hit a bad shot, and we said, I guess God's not in it. And we've got things that just look like this. That's our vision. So what we need to do is we need to excavate the vision, because God's not done with it, and do what he told us to do.